of this as your dose of self-love, positivity and empowerment. I'd like to invite you to take control of your mindset, thoughts and life and to allow yourself to be happy right now. Here I will provide you with tools, insights, strategies and information on how you can begin thriving in life rather than just surviving. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my podcast. I'm grateful for you and I'm excited for our journey together. Let's begin. How are you, Callie? I'm great. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh, you're welcome. I'm very excited for this and I'm truly honoured for you to have me on. I'm very excited to have you and you had to be my first guest, of course. <laughs> I feel you've, very honoured. Thank you've you. You've helped me so much. So I just wanted to, I needed to be you. Um, well, I want to acknowledge you as well, Callie. I know that, you know, you're not going to sit here and sing your own praises. So I'm going to do it for you just before we dive in. Um You've come so far on your own journey and you're a true embodiment of what it is that you teach. So I just want to acknowledge and mirror that back to you right now. So thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate you. And I just think you're an absolute gift to the world and all the women that you work with. And I was really lucky to work with you and anyone who works with you is very lucky. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what it is that you do? Absolutely. So those of um, those of you that don't know me, my name is Victoria Kleinsman and I'm a food freedom and body image coach. And what that means is I teach women how to feel normal around food, actually like their body and fall madly in love with themselves. And I absolutely love what I do. Amazing. And I can vouch for that as well. What's the <laughs> favorite part? What's your favorite part about what you do? Without a doubt, it is seeing and watching my clients fall in love with themselves and letting go of so many like limiting beliefs that they've carried around. I see it as like they they come to me with a rucksack and this rucksack is filled with like loads of heavy shit, basically. Yeah. And sometimes they don't even know that they're carrying the rucksack. And so when I point it out to them, like you know, they, they find out the answer through themselves by a coaching. But when they discover that they're actually carrying all of this weight around that they don't need to be carrying, I then assist them to one by one, take each load out of the rucksack. And then by the time, you know, we're finished, although personal growth is an ongoing journey, we both know that they feel so much lighter and the word free comes Mm -hmm. to mind to me. So it's seeing my clients, get to the bottom of what's stopping them living their best life and falling in love with themselves that I can't describe in word in words what that means to me yeah just watching the massive transformation yes absolutely yeah. and the thing is there's so much of us that do struggle with almost everyone I would say really struggles with like massive issues and usually from limiting beliefs and everyone can benefit from doing some self-discovery self-improvement and just enjoying their lives a bit more absolutely the only thing I will say is you have the you have to be ready and willing to 
take a look in the mirror and I don't just mean physically I mean when when I say the word mirror and when you know the spiritual people and the life people are walking around saying everything's a mirror it used to really <laughs> annoy me because I didn't understand what that meant but yeah it's so true we've got to be ready and willing to take a look at ourselves and think right okay I'm going to take a hundred hundred percent responsibility for my life it doesn't mean I'm to blame or everything that has happened you know has been my fault it's not about putting it on yourself it's just about taking responsibility Mm -hmm. and becoming self-aware because we can't change what we're not aware of and that takes courage to do that yeah it's also kind of realizing that you can't affect or change what's happened to you but you can you can change how you're going to let it affect you exactly and that takes work it can be instant it but it does take ongoing work but it gets easier as you know as well when you when we first start this journey it can feel so like alien to us and uncomfortable and it kind of gets worse before it gets better yeah it's quite overwhelming I feel like for me anyway at the start like when you're trying to unpack all this baggage you've got and you know you want to be somewhere and it seems so far away from where you are right now and you're trying you're like you feel like giving up because that's what you've always done but like if you just keep pushing through and as long as you're making the slightest little bit of progress that's all you need to do and then before you know it like you say it does kind of get easier you'll maybe have a day or a week or whatever where you're not feeling very good and you're a bit down in the dumps again but you just keep getting yourself back on that path and before you know it it becomes your new mindset and it's just like natural to you absolutely couldn't have um said that better myself it's just continuing to choose self-love over and over again a million times a day if you have to at the beginning but the thing is when you keep choosing yourself in every moment and I'm sure we're going to go into many real life examples throughout this podcast when you keep doing that over and over again as you've said, Kelly, it becomes your new normal. So if if I was to speak to myself um, unkindly, if I was to be mean to myself now, that actually feels very uncomfortable to me. And yeah. that is complete 360 compared to what? Is it 360 or 180? The, the opposite. 360, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, one, I'm, I always get these kind of things. Yeah, I'm, no, I have to definitely sit and think about it before I say it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's the thing with me. I'm a manifester in my human design. And if anyone understands human design, it, um, my manifester is linked directly to my throat chakra which means I don't think before I speak I literally just speak and I don't think before I do I literally just do it I love (laughs) that about you though I love that you're just so real and you just say it and you don't think about it too much I'm quite like that as well but that's something that I love about you and actually I've said this to you before but it quite inspired me to do this podcast because I'd kind of put having a podcast on a pedestal kind of thing and it was like oh yeah I'll do it one day and you've got to be really professional and it was like listening to your podcast and it was just so real and human and like I always remember this one and I've said to you before it was hilarious you were like sorry my dog's (laughs) making weird noises (laughs) it was just hilarious and I thought that's amazing and that inspired me to just go for it with my podcast um and that's actually what the biggest positive feedback I've had is is just being real like if I mess up a word and I just go blah or whatever <laughs> rather than editing it out um so yeah I love that you're really real and authentic and it's inspiring 
Thank you so much, Kelly. And, you know, I truly believe that if if each and every one of us shows up fully as our authentic self and me and you are very similar, we just say things, it's not perfect. I mean, what is perfect? But someone else who would be, let's let's make a judgment here from the outside looking in, quote, very professional and very perfectionism and have all the editing in place and it's wonderful to listen to, that could be them being their authentic self as well. So it just to me is an inspiration and almost like a here's a free pass to be yourself here's like a ticket go and be yourself and your people will find your people the people that don't like non-edited things or the people that find it um offensive to hear my dog making (laughs) in the background then that's okay they're just not my people but I'm not going to change what feels right to me in order to try and fit in because if we keep trying to change who we are depending on what the external world thinks about us we're actually never going to be happy we're never going to know who we are because we can't please everybody all of the time ever absolutely and also what I think about that is as well like you said we've all got our own way of relaying information and we've got our own way of saying things yeah. And that's exactly how I feel on my coaching journey as well. Like I've got this like just amazing faith, but I'm like, it doesn't matter if nobody listens to my podcast work from one person or it doesn't matter if nobody comes to me for coaching because I know that whoever's meant to come to me will come and I'm going to say the things in my way and it's going to resonate with that person. It's going to be how they needed to hear it exactly and the more people can show up exactly as that although it's scary and it can be difficult then the world will be healed because everyone's different we're supposed to be different and showing up as ourselves is the number one thing that will create freedom in your own life without worrying what other people think because let's be real let's face our fears people are judging you and me and each other all of the time regardless of whether you think you've done a great job or not regardless yeah it's only human to judge each other and at the end of the day like you said like we can live our whole lives trying to please everyone but you're never going to please everyone so just be yourself and do what makes you happy and don't care about what anyone else has to say and I also think that like you know us and everyone else who shows up authentically almost kind of gives other people like permission you know like just like other people have given me new permission by us watching them being their selves exactly that honestly that is the biggest thing one of the biggest things I've learned in my journey is showing up as my full authentic self every day in every situation is healing the world and giving others that big fat permission slip to just be free and be themselves yeah that's so key I always think about when I'm 80 years old, I don't want to look back and think I didn't do anything that I really wanted to do or I wasn't my true like big personality self, like exactly how I am because I was too worried about what everyone else thought. Like I want to look back and think I lived a full life and I did everything that I wanted to do and I was just true to myself. Mm, that Yeah, that's so powerful. And I think death, although although people sometimes like to avoid talking about death. And as you know, Kelly, I've recently, like two days ago, lost my granddad. Yeah. I think 
when we allow death to be in our conscious everyday lives, like not walking around morbidly thinking about how we're going to die and when we're going to die, I don't mean that, but yeah. the whole point of living is to experience life and every single one of us is going to die no matter what. That is given for all of us. So if we have that in the back of our mind, knowing that life is so precious and in this physical body, this person, this human, as we are now, we only get one life, then yeah. how do you want to live? That gap between now and when we die how do you want to live? Because that is entirely up to you. And if you walk around scared to say what you think, scared to do the scary thing because of what others may think or because you might fail, then that's on you. Because like you said, Kelly, when you look back, what do you want to be proud of? Everything mm -hmm. that you did and learned and enjoyed or would, did you regret not being who you knew you could really be? Yeah, everything you just said there is exactly how I feel. Like, I've got this feeling and, like, you see people who have, like, near-death experiences or they get really ill and, and they want to go and live life. Um, and that's amazing, but I've just got this really strong feeling of thinking, I don't need that to happen mm. to me for me to want to go and live my life. And it's just, like, exactly what you said. Like, we are taking control and we're living our life and making it into what we want it to be because if you don't it'll just pass you by exactly and you know people that struggle with I mean as you know my niche is I help women with disordered eating and body image struggles if anyone listening to this is struggling with those right now if nothing changes nothing changes and that's not to blame you or anyone around you but if you don't do something about your life, your personal development, your habits, your the patterns that keep playing on over and over again in your life, nothing's going to change. So in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years time, you are going to be in the same pattern as you're in now. It takes becoming self-aware and deciding you want to change and then taking the actions to change it. It's yeah. difficult. It's, it's like that saying insanity is repeating the same thing over and over and expecting different results exactly god bless albert einstein what a legend yeah <laughs> and he wasn't appreciated his time until after like a lot of amazing people but i always remember that saying that he said and it's so true and it's like i've definitely done it myself as you know and i think a lot of people have we'll just sometimes be stuck in this rut and we know we want to change we know we need to change but we just can't seem to do it but yeah. until we actually take the steps and do the work, and it's always kind of not as hard as, as you build it up to be. You've just got to go for it. Yeah, and you you had a transformation like very early on in coaching. It was so it was so funny to me because each and every client is different, of course. But when we started working together, it was so ironic that it was only the first couple of sessions that we actually yeah spoke around food stuff yeah. body image all the rest of it was everything what was underneath all of that which is what I absolutely love most because it's never about the food yeah it's, it's never surface level is it no we think it is and it takes you know a talented loving coach to mirror that back to you and ask the right questions and hold that safe space for you yeah. And it can be, you know, it takes courage. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, it takes courage to to do this work. But it's it's the gift to freedom. It's the path to freedom, if you ask me. It really mm -hmm. is. It's what we are meant to do, definitely. Yeah.
Um, but it was so funny because we've spoke about this before. But when I before I even started my coaching journey with you, it was it was so it was strange because I knew like I could, it was like I could honestly like I hadn't for years, but I'd got to this stage where I knew and I could almost like see and I could feel I had this like block. Mm-hmm. And I needed to sort that block out before I could go and do all this amazing stuff I wanted to do and start my coaching and start my coaching business and all that. And I, I had this massive block around food, body image, really self-critical talk and all that kind of things. And it was like, I just knew I had to work with you. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, it was like right away, basically speaking to you, this massive energy shift like happened for me and this massive block just lifted and then it was like oh okay now we can go and do all this amazing stuff yeah so and that if, if you ask me that was your unconscious excuse in commas if you like all this food and body stuff that was your block that mm-hmm. was actually your ego's excuse yeah. as to why you couldn't show up as you are doing now yeah launching your business you're gonna travel the world because we can be so scared of success as well, which felt really strange to me when someone said that, but it's so true. We're not only scared of staying where we are, we're more scared of actually, who would I be if I didn't struggle with food and body? Or who would I be if I actually left the relationship or did the job? Or It's scary because our ego likes to keep us in the comfort zone, even if it's not actually comfortable. It's safe in quotes because the ego knows what's happening it's like when I was abused daily in in my abusive relationship that I was in that was my comfort zone even though it was far from comfortable I went back after I broke up with him in between the six years of our relationship I went back at one point because my ego was just everything was pulling me back there it's so hard to explain and I have so much compassion and empathy for women that are in abusive relationships because if I hadn't been through that myself I would have still sat on my high horse probably and looked at them from the outside and said, well, why don't they just leave then? Yeah. Yeah. Not as easy as that. That's the thing that um, I think everyone forgets. We look at everyone else, um, you know, like people would look at you, maybe me and whoever else and think, well, they've got such a great mindset and they're really positive. And like I do as well. Like I look at other people and I think, oh, they've got everything all sorted out and they're happy. And it's like, no one understands what anyone is going through like in their mind physically in their life whatever it is and at the end of the day like even though going through you know negative situations like that is is obviously not a nice thing but um it always makes us like it puts us through this empower empowering stage and it kind of makes us who we are that's what I believe anyway Um, oh absolutely yeah yeah like it's kind of the the hard times they're the the biggest lessons in our lives and they usually from my experience anyway they like set us off on this like massive road to empowerment that's what's always happened with me um I I fully believe that and I am so grateful for my struggles like and I'm sure we'll go into my story but I'm I'm actually so grateful to have experienced the trauma I've experienced and it's easy for me to say now I'm through the other side but honestly if I hadn't had been through what I've been through in my life 
there's no way I would be half the person I am today. Like standing strong in my power, knowing who I am, loving myself unconditionally, but also loving others with the same unconditional love. It's just phenomenal how a person and so many people that I know, including yourself, has transformed their pain into their power to help others. It really does make us. Yeah, it does. That's the thing. It's like you can make a choice and like the hardships you go through, you do see it sometimes with some people. They'll go the opposite way and they become quite negative and, and bitter and stuff like that. Um, but it's trying to make the choice to like not let your hardships define you and try and find the lesson in them because I believe, and I know you do as well, like everything in life's a lesson. Every person you meet's a lesson, every situation's a lesson. If something's feeling really hard, it's usually because you've got a massive lesson you need to learn. Um, and I know that myself, um, I had to learn to love myself um, through quite a lot of stages in my life. And I imagine that that's probably exactly the same as you. Um, I'd like to actually ask you a little bit more about your situation that you were talking about when you were in an abusive relationship. Um, I'd basically just like to ask you how you managed to escape that situation, reclaim your power, and if you can give anyone else who feels stuck in a situation some advice on how to take control. Absolutely. So when I was in this abusive relationship, I met the guy when I was 19, so I was still very young. Um, Before that, I'd suffered, and I know we're going to go into this, but just to briefly touch on it, before I was 19, I suffered with anorexia for many years. Um, then it went into binge eating disorder and then later on in my 20s it was bulimia and then binge eating disorder so at the time when I met this guy I didn't realize it at the time but I was so lacking in self-worth and self-love within myself so when I fell in love with this person it happens very gradually you know again when people look from the outside in like oh if he hit me I would just leave and the first time he did hit me I did leave and there's so much more that goes into it because then he showed that he needed help and he would cry and I'd feel sorry for him and want to help him. And it the relationship happens very gradually. So I just want to make this clear to women that aren't aware. Little things like I would have a night out planned with my friends and then because he didn't like that, instead of saying you're not going, which is what he did towards, you know, when he kind of quote got me kind of, thing he would say things like oh you know let's go to London our book is in a five-star hotel um you can go down the shopping street and buy anything you want I'll pay for it all and I was so externally focused when I was 19 money did impress me I was very shallow I'll be completely honest so I would then cancel my friends to take up the offer of going to London in a five-star hotel with the man I thought I loved you know yeah it does happen very gradual and For me, like I shared before, I did leave halfway. The first time I managed to leave, this was about three years in, um, he used to hit me every day, but he didn't usually hit my face because then people on the outside world would would know something was wrong. But um, this time it was over. Oh, my gosh. He went to pick up something from my dad's house and he found my um, Quality Street tin full of, like, old photos because this was when camera phones were out there but 
as a child, we didn't have camera phones. So I had like all my teenage pictures, like just in this tin in my bedroom. And he found that when he went to pick something up and there was like me and a boy on this photo just holding hands or something. And he came home and, you know, I got used to the second he walked through the door, I would just be able to sense what Mm -hmm. mood he was in. And he walked through the door and my body remembers now because as I'm sharing this and I'm completely fine to do so, my heart's racing, I'm sweating because my body has never forgot like this one experience as, along with so many others. And he absolutely lost it. And, you know, he had mental health problems and he needed help, but that still doesn't excuse his actions. And um, he actually did. I ended up almost dying on that night. He was strangling me. And sorry if this is a trigger warning, maybe you should edit that, <laughs> edit a trigger warning in at the, the beginning of this podcast. Um, yeah. But yeah, he had me around the throat and he was calling me a slag and a slut and all these things. And I kind of like passed out and I felt all warm and fuzzy. And it was such a beautiful feeling, as fucked up as that sounds. And then I came round again and then safe to say he had hit my face this time. So then he locked me in the apartment. And because we was at the top of the apartment, like I couldn't just jump out the window. He took my phone, he locked the door. And this was for two days. And on the third day, um, he was on the phone as he left the apartment and he forgot to lock the door because he was distracted. And I remember hearing his car drive off and I remember thinking to myself, this is it. This is your only chance to get out. So I picked my little dog, my little toy poodle, Gucci, who is still with us and is with my um, ex, not that ex, a, a very nice ex that I met later on. Um, I took her and I just ran down the street and... The first place I came to was a hairdresser's and it was all it kind of this is like an out of body experience now as I remember it. And so I went into the hairdresser's and just said, I need to use your phone to call the police. I was crying. I couldn't talk. And then it was a blur because I kind of disowned, um, not intentionally, my mum and dad. So I didn't speak to anybody in my family. I had no friends because I disowned them all through this guy. And my mum and dad were on holiday. They weren't together, but they were separate. And anyway, my mum flew home and and come to get me and I had to go through all the police rigmarole and all of those things. And then after um, the court case, he got um, a suspended sentence for battering me. Um, He had a a restraining order on him. He used to follow me around at the stables. He'd hide behind bushes. I knew he was there. I'd see him. And then one time he, he got out behind a bush and was crying and he was like, I'm so sorry. I've had rehab. I'm better now, like I've had an anger management course and please believe me and I I can't believe it saying it now. I got sucked in again and I ended up lying to my mum and going back to see him and then I ended up in a relationship with him again and then that went on for another three years, very similar to the first time. I mean, you know, he didn't change. I actually, this is not funny, but also funny at the same time. It's so bad. When um, we got back together, I was interviewed by the police for something else he had done and they were questioning him and me. When he told me he'd gone on an anger management course, I believed him. He had actually gone on holiday with his ex-wife and fucking children. Oh my God. <laughs> Honestly, the man, and this was how brainwashed I was. Like, you know me, Pally, how, I mean, yes, I've changed and I've grown as a person, but I was still a very confident, mm-hmm. externally confident anyway, person, very outspoken, yeah. the light and soul of the party. 
if I could end up in that situation, believing every single thing he told me over my parents who have raised me, that shit is real. So I just want to shout out to any women who are in the situation, a similar situation to what I was in. There is light at the end of the tunnel and there is support for you. And I know that it's so, so, so scary right now, but there is a way out. And my advice would be, I, I'm, I'm coming to the end of how I actually left for good, was one day, again, three years on from when I got back with him, I was sat in the living room and his, his children lived with us. His ex-wife actually very sadly died from an epileptic fit. So his children came to live with us. And his son, who was six at the time, of course, he'd just lost his mum, the poor boy, kept getting out of bed and wouldn't go to sleep. And the guy who I was with, I won't obviously mention his name, he kept saying, if you get out of bed again, the telly's going off. If you get out of bed again, the telly's going off. And this must have been like 12 to 15 times he came down and the telly still wasn't, it still wasn't turned off. And something inside me just absolutely flipped. And I'm not an angry person. And I just got up, stormed upstairs, ripped the TV off the wall. And I do feel bad for this poor boy. And then walked back downstairs. And the guy who I was with, he'd never seen me in that energy before of, I don't care this was my energy and this is what I was thinking and he totally felt this. I don't care what you do to me. I don't care if you kill me. I don't care whatever happens to me right now. I have had enough. And he knew that and the first time ever he didn't turn to violence on me. And that little smidgen of proof that, hold on a minute, I'm so fucking powerful right now and I'd never felt this before in my life. I held on to that power and then I said to him, I'm leaving. And then behind his back for the next week I used to text my mom in the bathroom which he used to have a screwdriver to unlock the bathroom so he could see what I was doing um I would message my mom and be like right I'm definitely leaving I know you don't believe me this is what I'm gonna do and she came around a week later and we had this plan and I left and that day that evening when I stormed upstairs and turned and took the tv off the wall and I felt the power that I actually am he didn't hit me once after that day because something shifted within me. And the only thing I can tell you, Callie, because I didn't know what personal growth was at this time. I had no idea what spirituality meant. I wasn't religious. I 100% know now it was my intuition nudging me. It kept trying to nudge me throughout my life. And I just ignored it because I was so in my head and not in my body. It was my intuition saying, enough is enough like you are destined destined for greatness what the hell are you doing with your life it's time to change and then I just did it was like a switch just flicked yeah that's amazing thank you so much for sharing that no you so you're so welcome I really hope that help that helps women that need to hear this thank you for your honesty and your vulnerability and that's really awful that you had to go through that like I was just sitting there listening and my chest felt so tight when I was listening um, that you had to go through that. Um, and I'm really sorry that you did. But at the same time, I know that you know that it's made you the really strong and determined woman that you are and the absolute queen that you are. Um, so well done to you for taking control of that situation. Um, I've never been in an abusive relationship, but I've been in situations and stuff like that where 
I feel blind so I know exactly what you mean and when someone that apparently loves you and that you love is manipulating you mm-hmm. um you do become so blind you become in denial um and that's definitely talking from personal experience so I can completely understand why you found it hard because when someone's especially when you're younger as well when someone's filling your head with their reality and they're telling you that this is really what's happening and you're you're wrong and you're crazy or whatever you do become really blind to situations and sometimes it feels like your life's never going to change and you're stuck there forever and you do feel powerless oh my god I felt so stuck absolutely so stuck I remember on my 21st birthday I didn't get a single card and that's because I did get cards but before I could see them he took them and burnt them so we thought that nobody sent me anything for my you know so brainwash is fucking real and this leads us nicely on to the next topic but before we go there the biggest thing that that relationship taught me was to never let anybody treat me that way again and honestly I've, I was so hurt physically and mentally, emotionally throughout that relationship that my energy now is like, bring it the fuck on because nobody can hurt me yeah. the way he hurt me. And I know that I would never let that happen to myself again. So it's almost made me a lot more brave and courageous because I feel like I'm never going to experience that again. So nothing really scares me now. I totally relate to that. Like I say, like I haven't had the exact same situations as you, but just some past situations um, that were quite traumatic when I was young, I, I feel exactly the same. It, it's made me really brave, really strong. Um, and it just kind of makes you feel like you can take on the world and you're kind of invincible, which is usually a good thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, that's amazing. And thank you again for sharing that. And I just want to say a quick note to any listeners who, uh, male or female, who are struggling with abuse or domestic abuse, please reach out and get help. And if you want to reach out to myself or Victoria, um, we're going to give Victoria's details at the end. But please feel free to reach out to us and don't suffer in silence and take inspiration from Victoria's story and know that you can change your situation. Oh, God. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that, Callie. And also, I want to say to you, Callie, and also anyone listening, let's not compare because what we do as humans, we compare all the time. And we're going to go into that with body image shortly. But we, we even compare abuse and trauma. Like I've had clients say, oh, you know, compared to your experience or compared to this person's experience, mine's not, not almost like not bad enough. But I just yeah. want to say that trauma in any way is fucking trauma. And that is a big deal to you. So emotional trauma in a relationship, emotional abuse, it doesn't have to be physical abuse. Emotional abuse can be just as difficult and worse so so just don't sit here I'm not saying the listeners are but it's so it's so tempting to sit and think oh well mine's not as bad as that so maybe I'm not worthy of reaching out for help Mm -hmm. you are so worthy if it's traumatic to you then it's trauma end of absolutely if anything doesn't feel right to you and if you don't if something doesn't sit right with you then you're absolutely justified to feel that way and you should follow your intuition i feel like that was the biggest 
take from your story yes um and me and you are really into following our intuition um don't get me wrong I don't always listen to it but I try (laughs) to (laughs) and I'm more and more as life goes on and I think that's the same as you like as life goes on I'm more and more like no I'm gonna try my best to always um follow and listen to that voice and never not listen to it because it's there to protect us and it's there to guide us absolutely and we're only human and and I love to describe our intuition as like google maps so let's bring modern technology into this so as you obviously if you want to go somewhere you've not been before most of us get our phone out and put google maps on and it navigates us and tells us whether to turn left turn right whatever our intuition that's how our intuition is like the google maps for our life so when we're experiencing day-to-day stuff even down to what it is you're going to eat or whether you go to the party or not or whether you say yes to this business opportunity if you just practice checking in with yourself and seeing what your intuition feels like to you and it takes practice but it's always always there if you get quiet enough to listen you will just have a feeling of whether that's right or wrong some people who aren't spiritual call it um like a gut feeling you know my gut knows it's right or not that is your intuition it's your sixth sense and just because we can't physically see it it doesn't mean it's not a sense that you've been gifted as a human and it's actually the most powerful sense you have been gifted with obviously we have our taste Okay, I'm going to count them now so I don't miss one. <laughs> We've got our taste, our smell, our hearing, our touch, our eyes, and that's five physical senses. We have a sixth sense, which is our intuition, which is our gut feeling, which is our Google Maps for our life. That will help to navigate you on choosing what's best for you because everyone's different. And all you have to do is practice listening to that advice from your intuition, and then you will gain more and more self-trust. And once you trust yourself, wow, your whole it's a game changer, I'm telling you. Yeah, definitely. And that's something I'm actually um improving on at the moment um as you know um trying to trust myself more and it's sometimes quite hard to define between like intuition and like mental chatter so like the way I try to um remember it and describe it is like the knowing that you have it's usually probably different for different people but it's usually kind of like you said in your gut like and it's just this kind of knowing and it's calm and it's like that can be you know that can be telling you something negative as well like saying this isn't right but it's kind of like it's just a knowing you have whereas the anxiety is more of like a fear and it's like a rational very fast it's coming into your head and saying you know like you'll maybe have a knowing like oh I'm gonna start this business and it's going to be amazing and then you'll have the kind of chatter the limiting beliefs saying oh no you can't do it you're not good enough and all these kind of things but it's just trying to kind of determine and uh, differentiate between the two which is quite hard but the more you do it exactly there's two tips I would like to give here number one is just you can start checking in so let's just say let's take a really easy example like um I don't know let's use food because I love food like what to have for your lunch so say if you've got two options like I don't know a cheese toasty 
and a chicken salad if yes. you practice and this could be with any decision whether it's a new job a, a, a partner anything and if you can check in with yourself and imagine eating the cheese toasty does that feel expansive exciting to you I mean how exciting can a cheese toasty be but you know what I mean? <laughs> Or yeah. does it feel like contracted and like, oh, and kind of does it keep you small? And that if you practice feeling, does it feel expansive or contractive? That can help you make a decision. And the easiest tip I would like to give is you literally take a coin, head or tails. And let's say you've got heads, I'm going to eat the cheese sandwich. Tails, I'm going to eat the chicken salad. If you flip the coin... And say, for example, the coin landed on tails, which was the chicken salad. If your split second reaction was disappointment, yeah. then you're going to go for that cheese sandwich. Yeah. Because even if it comes up, regardless of whether it's heads or tails, your reaction, whether it would be relief or a bit like sad that it wasn't the other the heads or tails that can give you an answer right there and your intuition will always let you know if you well if you're willing to listen yeah that's something I've started using since you taught me it and it 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 does work for someone who kind of struggles sometimes to know like how I'm feeling what decision I want so I can recommend that um speaking about food it'll bring us nicely into the next questions I had for you so um, if you could tell us a little bit more about the struggles that you had with food and body image, please. Absolutely. So I won't make this too long because this has been most of my life struggle, if I'm being honest. So when I started dieting from the age of nine um, with my mom, and when I'm describing this story, my mom did the best she could. She's absolutely amazing. She's only She only taught me what she was taught. So this is no blame to my mom or my family in any way whatsoever. But as I was nine, I started my first diet. I remember using, she was on Weight Watchers at the time and she had that, because um, technology wasn't out there yet as it, as it is now. She had like a cardboard circle thing where you had to like line up the calories, fats or whatever. And it told you how many points you could have. I remember starting that when I was nine and then Fast forward a couple of years, around 12 years old, when my body started to change, I kind of started growing hairs under my arms when I was like 10 or 11. So I kind of started puberty quite early. Psychiatrists say it was because my grandma died and I wanted to grasp at some kind of control. Honestly, knowing myself and having reflected back to that time when I was diagnosed with anorexia nervosa, it was purely the fact that I wanted validation from the external world because I'd learned from a very young age, purposely dieting with my mom, myself since I was nine. But even before I was nine, unconsciously seeing my mom and my aunties always pinching the fat on them and thinking it's disgusting and looking in the mirror saying, oh, I need to go on a diet, always judging people by their appearance. That's all the world I'd ever known. So my child brain thought oh okay I'm going to connect the dots here when you're slim and when you're pretty then you get validation which means people love you which means you're wanted and that's all we ever want is to feel love and to be loved and to love others so I fell into anorexia when I was about 12 years old um, my mum saved my life if it wasn't for her recognizing it so early recognizing it so early on 
I became a professional liar because I would pretend I'd eaten and make crumbs on the worktop and all these things. It was such a strange, difficult time. I used to sit and I had to be force fed. And I used to scratch my nails down my face and make myself bleed because I just didn't want to eat anything. I didn't even allow myself to drink. I remember I was on holiday in Spain and it's kind of a shame that we didn't have video phones then because my mum said I was lying down sunbathing and I was so bony, you could see right down my bikini bottoms because my hip bones were just so prominently stuck out. You could just see everything because I was just basically walking skeleton. And I only used to allow myself like 250 milliliters of water a day and I would eat nothing unless I got yeah. to eat. Mm -hmm. And that was it was definitely a control thing i believe every single eating disorder is underlying anxiety disorder because it's an anxiety and control comes from that um so i was anorexic then and that was because of body image i wanted to lose weight when i started to lose weight i got so much validation how are you doing it you look so great and it just it just got worse and worse from there and then fast forward again um till i was about probably about 19 when I met this the guy I found myself in that abusive relationship I since then I'd kind of healed physically from anorexia like I was um, force fed a lot and my mum even though I did genuinely feel hate to her at one time because she was forcing me to eat I would I was so petrified of weight gain I remember wishing, and I openly admit this now, and I have no shame around how I used to feel, but I was so petrified of weight gain that I would rather have someone in my family died than me gain any weight. It was so petrifying for me. Anyway, I got through that kind of forcefully. I did go to counseling and psychotherapy, but I didn't want to get better. I don't know how I physically got better, to be honest, apart from the force feeding. And then as I met this guy when I was 19, I thought I was doing pretty well. I managed to, I was, my relationship with food was okay. I could eat pretty much what I wanted. I was very active. I've rode horses and trained horses my whole life. So ever since I left school at 16, I've been active, probably doing like 30,000 steps a day, riding nine horses a day, mucking out stables, like so active. So my body just naturally stayed small. Mm -hmm. And when I met this guy, um, as, you, as I've shared before, the type of relationship it was, I turned to food as my savior because food was there for me. I had no friends. I disowned my family. He wasn't there for me because I was in the controlling abusive relationship. I didn't know how to love myself. So I wasn't there for myself, but food was always there for me. And he loved me to eat food because he thought if I got bigger, I would be less attractive to other men. So they'd, I'd be less of, they would be less of a threat to our relationship. And again, he, he, he definitely did need help. So I turned to food and then I was full blown in a binge eating disorder where we would literally to the point of would have three takeaways every day. Um, I used to have to go everywhere with him. I couldn't go anywhere by myself, but he would buy me all this chocolate and that it was great because I thought, okay, well, I'm stuck in this cave. I like to call it the cave. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not seeing anybody. At least I can enjoy food. And again, fast forwarding, when I left that relationship for the final time, as I've shared, I 
kind of thought, okay, what now? I don't need the food to to be there for me anymore. I have the love of my family around me. Very, very gradually, I stopped kind of binge eating. I, to be honest, I was so focused on just being with my family and healing the trauma from the abuse. Food wasn't really an issue then. Yeah. But then I found the gym and I started the gym. I remember at the time I had a really nice boyfriend and he was a chef and he always worked in the evening. So I thought, oh, I'll just join the gym for something to do. And my body changed so quickly. I got like a six pack without really trying. And the wow, the amount of external validation that I got from looking the way I did, it drove my eating disorder. It kind of brought up the anorexic tendencies of the control and starving myself. But then because my body had had enough of starvation, the biological and physical, I can never say that frigging word, physically, (laughs) the the signals that my body sent me to drive me to eat, because like like I said, the anorexia almost killed me. My body was like, absolutely no way not. So I found myself then in the diet binge cycle with bulimia and with bulimia, I was using the purging via laxatives and over, over excessive exercising. So I managed to stay in quotes lean with all the validation of, oh my God, you're a machine. You look amazing. I wish I looked like you. All these things, which was my ego absolutely loved. And I honestly thought that that equaled love. which obviously it doesn't so I was living in this quote lean perfect body but then also behind the scenes what anybody didn't know I was starving myself all week like eating as little as possible over exercising taking laxatives and at the weekend when I just couldn't hold back anymore I would literally spend the whole of Saturday and Sunday eating feeling awful and then repeating the whole cycle over and over again with multiple laxatives and all these things and it wasn't until I start I wanted to compete as a bodybuilder on stage and I started to go through the prep I didn't hire a specific coach I didn't really know what I was doing and that kind of spiraled me really into uncontrollable binge eating to the point where I couldn't even keep the restriction up anymore So it was every day binge eating. I was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And all of this was driven from me wanting my body to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. So I reached out for help with that, got a little bit of CBT um, psychotherapy. That did help a little bit, um, but I was still struggling day to day, just not to the excess. I was managing to keep my weight kind of similar to the same but I was definitely in a diet binge cycle then I went to Egypt on holiday this was three and a half years ago now met my now fiance Valta um, I was still in the diet binge cycle then I was still very lean and then we met fell in love he flew to England every week to see me which was oh, wow I know for like three months he flew every weekend to see me that is so sweet it's like a love story. And then after three months, I thought, you know what? What's the worst that can happen? I'm just going to go and live in the Netherlands. And if, it, if I don't like it, I'll come home. And then so when I moved to the Netherlands, that was my my path to really take a look at myself and be like, right, mm-hmm. you can't hide your relationship with food any longer because now you're living with somebody 
yeah even though I tried like I was missing my family so much I didn't want to let my family know that I was struggling so I didn't want them to worry about me so again I wasn't speaking my truth I was keeping everything to myself binging in secret my complete life and world that I lived in had completely changed I wasn't going to the gym so I was full on just binge eating again in secret but I got I put two and a half stone on so it was obvious like something was going on I'm very blessed that Valta loved me through it all and it, there was one point where I sat on the floor and cried so hard like I couldn't breathe it was like having a panic attack and I said to myself no more yeah. I need help and that was the point that was my rock bottom I was fighting 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 you know, I can do this, just diet harder, just diet harder, like fighting, 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 fighting with myself all these years. And then all of a sudden I reached like rock bottom and I was like, no more. I cannot continue like this, but I had no fucking clue what the hell I was going to do differently. Yeah. So I reached out and I got help from a coach. She was an intuitive eating spiritual life coach, Martida Robinson. If anyone wants to look her up, she's amazing. Um, that was my first coach and that's when my transformation journey began oh and what a journey and here I am now <laughs> that was a long story <laughs> thank you for sharing that and being so honest as always um I honestly think it's crazy that it was I think you said it was four years ago yeah um I think it, it's crazy that it was four years ago because when you like when you see you now and the way that you are towards food and you're just like obviously you've helped me and you've helped so much other people I just think it's crazy and amazing to think that you've went through all of those struggles and like you know you've probably had times where you thought like we said before like I'll never be able to get over this and I'm never going to be comfortable around food and happy around food and you've managed to go and do such an amazing transformation and now you're so amazing around food that you are overflowing with this wisdom and helping other people I just think it's amazing um thank you so 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 much Callie and you know what if you would if someone had come to me three and a half years ago and said that I'll be doing what I'm doing now and I'll yeah. be in the body the biggest I've ever been and love myself more than I ever have I would have literally laughed in their face and yeah. been like like seriously what are you what drugs are you taking because this is the beauty of what I teach. People come to me and they say, you know, I'm so ashamed of what I do. I am binge eating. I absolutely hate my body when I look in the mirror. I can't stop wanting to be thinner. I'll never stop wanting to lose weight. And when I say I know how you feel, oh, mm -hmm. I know how you feel. But when you do this work, all you have to do is want it. That is it. I'll do the rest if, yeah. if, if coaching is the right for them. All you have to do is want something different for yourself, like I did. I didn't know how. I didn't know how the hell I was ever going to lose the wanting to always lose weight paradigm that I was in. But something magical happens when you work on, first of all, the surface level. We work on the food stuff first because that's prominent and that's a problem in your life right now. When we work on that and then start unpeeling the layers and working on self-love, body image, self-confidence, your whole mindset shifts and changes to how you see not only yourself, but the whole world. And then 
the weight loss doesn't matter anymore. It's really difficult to understand unless you've been through it. And that's, that's why I offer a money back guarantee for my group coaching, because I get how scary it is to make that leap when you think this won't work for me. It might work for everyone else, but I'm the one it won't work for. And I totally get that, which is why I want to install as much self-belief into my clients as possible. And I will believe in you before you believe in yourself. I'll believe for both of us. And then that's when the magic happens as you've experienced it yourself, Callie, and such a true representation for that. Absolutely. And what you're saying there, um, there was two main things that stuck out to me when you were talking about that story there. The main one for me is just basically what you were saying, that it was only four years ago, you've been through so much stuff around food, you've struggled with it for so many years and look at you now and it's just amazing. And for me, that is like the message there for me is that anyone can do it um and a lot of people that I speak to in my coaching as well and I'm sure you're the same and it's kind of like what you were saying like well I'll be the one it doesn't work for mm. and I've had that mindset as well when I'm like oh well I've failed before you know I've never managed to stick to like self-improvement before um why is it going to work now but it's like it will work for you if you just put yourself on the path and stay there so I find that super inspiring um thank you change can be change can happen so quick I mean yes four years on and I am where I am now and I am very blessed that I've picked this this up very quickly but change and I I did this I mean my coach was amazing but I'm gonna blow my own trumpet here what I offer in in terms of support resources and all of that to support someone who was in the position that I was in oh my gosh, like what a gift to give to yourself to invest. It doesn't even have to be money. If you haven't got the money to invest in yourself, you know, mine and your podcast, they can listen to and implement the action steps from there. I offer a free support group and you get access to my paid program for free, the first few modules. There is things that you can do if you're willing and ready to put your time and attention into yourself you absolutely can change so quickly because whatever we think about our internal world how we see the world what we think about ourselves what if if you change on the inside everything outside changes and we don't know what we don't know so if you're listening now and you're thinking i can't see ahead of me how the hell it could be any different me and Callie are here as living proof and to also reassure you and to promise you that your life can absolutely be totally different. All you need to do is maybe get support so we can hold the mirror up and help you on this journey because we can't do it alone. We need help. Yeah, there's no shame in getting help. Um, we don't need to do everything on our own. Um, me, myself and Victoria have both um, reached out and got coaches and mentors before. Um, and it does make such a massive difference just having someone kind of hold your hand and guide you through it. Um, the other point I wanted to just quickly say that stood out from uh, that story for me was just another reminder, which we'd mentioned before, is that you don't know what's happening behind closed doors. You don't know what's happening in someone's reality. When you were saying that 
you were purging and you were obviously struggling and you would have been feeling you know you would have been battling with yourself Mm -hmm. and everyone was complimenting you yeah and I know 100% that there would have been lots of women looking at you and beating themselves up oh yeah they they would openly say that to me and yeah at the time I wasn't brave enough to share with them I mean, I'm not saying, by the way, that every single person who is in shape has, has got an eating disorder. I'm not saying that. However, what I am saying, and I'll, I'll openly have a conversation with anyone about this, is this. If your body's natural weight, set point weight, isn't naturally lean and how society thinks we should look, if you are having to constantly restrict yourself in order to look a certain way, that is disordered eating. Whether you're happy with you constantly having to restrict or not is up to you. And what matters most is if you're happy with your life. But eating should be easy. We were born intuitive eaters. We were born eating when we're hungry, eating what we wanted, stopping when we've had enough. But we've got in our own way through conditioning, through society and media and all these things. So most people walking around in lean physiques, unless they're naturally like that, whether or not they enjoy the process, they are actively having to restrict and restrain and control all the time. And for me, that is not a way to live because guess what? We are all going to die regardless of what we eat. We are all going to get old, no matter how tight we can keep our skin for how many years. Underneath all of your efforts to do with how your body looks, why? Yeah. And I've literally been through that um, myself as well. Like, I remember one time going to a festival with my friend and she's actually a personal trainer and and I actually go to the gym she works at now. Um, But she wasn't coaching me at the time. But I remember I went, right? I didn't even drink alcohol at this festival. And I had, uh, I brought my own food. (laughs) I brought my own food with a 100 gram um lean mince burger that I'd made with no bun no sauce nothing because I was so determined that I wanted to be really lean before I went to Thailand and I remember this and I did get really lean like but I had to like that is so extreme like I didn't didn't drink alcohol I didn't drink juice I think I drank water I, I brought that like tasteless liverless <laughs> 100 gram thing of mints to a festival like it was just a one day festival but I remember that and like that is what I like have slowly like still have to remind myself but that's what I have to remind myself and learn now it's like I can be lean if I absolutely focus all of my attention and energy on that and I give up my getting to drink and eat whatever I want but I like to go out for food and I like to eat chocolate and I like to drink cocktails and you know what I mean and I can be a bit heavier and I'm learning to be okay with that yes 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 I agree with everything you've said 100% and trust me the amount of Tupperware I've taken for (laughs) meals I mean it's absolutely ridiculous and again this is not to slam anyone who enjoys this process at all and I mean that But that is not for me. You get to a stage in your life, especially if you're in the diet boom cycle, when your whole body and your whole emotional system is like 
no, I do not want to diet. That's why we binge, because it's a rebellion against the diet. That's a sign, that's feedback for you to take a look at what you're doing and be like, right, okay, am I ready to give up dieting and actually become who I'm supposed to become? And that's why support is so is so necessary. But that is just so key. To me, it's always a choice. Do I want to worry about the cellulite on my legs or do I want to enjoy my life? Do I want to give up chocolate whenever I want to have chocolate and give up a night, a random pizza night with my friends? Or do I want to be, no, I can't, I'm not allowed control. Like it's, it's always a choice and it's always taking your power back and actually getting real with what you want. Are you not wanting to go to the pizza night because society makes you feel more valued if you live in a smaller body? Or do you genuinely not want to go to the pizza night? You know? Yeah, are you doing it for you or are you doing it for everyone else? Yes, exactly that. And that's something I like to speak about is to create a life that feels good on the inside and not create a life that looks good on the outside. 100%. And the funny thing is, you know, and this, listen to this, everyone listen, really listen to this. Nobody cares what you look like apart from you. They don't. They may look at you in passing judgment and think, wow, her body is awesome, or the opposite, and that's it. They get on with their life, constantly thinking about themselves, which is what we all do. So as you're dieting and controlling and fighting against yourself to get somewhere you want to be, just really get clear on, is that what you want? Because no one else gives a shit. They don't. Only you do. <laughs> That's the funny thing. It's like, we're all so concerned about what everyone else thinks <laughs> about us. But it's like, everyone else is sitting worrying about what we all think about them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. It is so funny. And it's like, I've literally... Um, you actually feel like you've got a physical, well, this is me anyway. I feel like I had this physical weight of other people's opinions and I li- and also of my own like mm. overcritical opinion. I literally just like put it down and I was like, I don't need to carry that anymore. I don't need to care about that. And it was like, oh, <laughs> after so many years of like, oh my God, I'm this many pounds over and I'm not fitting into this size right now and it's like who actually cares exactly and you know what (laughs) you're going to inspire more people by showing up in the body you you're in and however that looks like for you when you're eating what you want listening to your body and just your food is going to be whatever your food's going to be your exercise is going to be whatever it's going to be which ironically you want to exercise more when you're not seeing it as punishment yeah when you show up in the world as you like currently we're not on video but i'm sat here on my bouncy yoga ball um in a (laughs) very body con tight fitting dress that i've treated myself to and i have a role and you know what i fucking love my role because i don't even care like it's a normal body yeah (laughs) And even though people do compliment, you know, like like you said in your stories and stuff, like especially in the past, I feel like it was much worse. It's kind of getting better now, but people will always compliment you if you lose weight or, mm. you know, that you've got like a six pack or whatever it is. And that's fine. It's coming from a place of love. But I also think that, see, once you start truly like loving yourself from the inside out, you get so much compliments and obviously it doesn't matter about external validation it's about yourself but it's just an observation um like 
even if you are bigger than you used to be, um, and this is my own personal experience, like even if I'm maybe a size bigger than I was, but I'm absolutely loving myself and I'm I'm not tearing myself apart and I'm overflowing with self-love and people people say to you all the time oh my god you look amazing because you're you're being kind to yourself you're not stressing your body and your mind out anymore oh the the self-love glows from within and and you also get to inspire other people by just being yourself like there's a difference if you imagine if you imagine someone who has the quote perfect body the old me, for example, and they're sat at a dinner table and they're fiddling with the clothes and they're making sure they're sat right so the body looks the best it can be. They're making sure the makeup's okay and the hair's okay and have I got anything in my teeth and that kind of energy. Yes. Or someone who maybe is um, bigger than what society thinks that we should be and who is sat relaxed open loves themselves has so much self-confidence from a place of just quiet self-love without being arrogant that is sexy and attractive and that's nothing to do with their appearance it's their energy it's who they are and living in the moment as well oh wait 100 percent. living in the moment being in the conversation not worried about what your body looks like from other people who actually don't give a shit you just think they do because you'd give a shit which is absolutely exhausting because I lived like that for years and it's yeah. bloody exhausting and it's just like oh, who honestly cares <laughs> who exactly and isn't it ironic how you put that bag down mm-hmm. and now you've got your own business your own podcast all of a sudden you've been opened up to all this space in your brain to actually create and be who you were supposed to be it, it's exactly that and it's exactly like what you said when you were describing what you do it is literally like putting a bag down, like unpacking this baggage and you've got this like emotional weight that you've carried around for years and, and it does, like like we've both said, it blocks your potential because all of your energy gets wasted on worrying about this stuff that doesn't matter and then when you can just kind of like kick that bag to the side and just you don't need it anymore, it opens you up to live into your full potential. Yeah, it creates so much space. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so speaking about self-love, I've got a question for you. Can you please give the listeners your top tips for living a life overflowing with self-love? I would love to. So number one is don't abandon yourself. So what I mean by that is when you've when shit hits the fan, maybe you've made the shit hit the fan or whether it's just a situation in your life or whether you're looking in the mirror and you're like, oh, I really don't like what I look. Okay, self-abandonment looks like, oh, you suck. Why don't you diet harder? Why did you eat that last night? Oh, I'm not going to be able to do this. Look what you've done. You fucked up again. That's self-abandonment. The opposite of that is self-love. So speaking kindly to yourself with compassion, saying things like, "Ah, we're here again, aren't we, my love? That's okay. I've got you. What we're going to do moving forward. Or if you're worried about something or if you're not liking what your body looks like in the mirror, just practice accepting and just coming back to what really matters. Just being there for yourself. Like me and you were friends. If you were struggling with something... Mm-hmm. As a friend, I would be there to support you and give you kind and loving words. Yeah. So if we do that for ourselves with what we, how we give kindness and compassion to others, that's number one and that is key. Absolutely. 
Number two is embodiment. So we're so used to living in our heads, thinking about the future or the past, what we've got to do. And even when we're exercising, we're either listening to music, which is great, but we're not being in our body. So embodiment to me means, for example, when you're sat on the sofa, maybe even watching telly, just take a moment to like feel your breath, like allow your belly to be soft. What does it feel like to breathe? Or if you're working out, what does it feel like to move your body? How does your muscles contract? Like, I know it can sound a bit strange, but just drop into your body and experience life through your body. Believe it or not, our bodies are not here just to be looked at and objectified by other people, especially men, because that's what culture and society have taught both men and women. Our bodies are a beautiful, sacred vessel that we get to experience our life through. And the only way we can truly experience life through our bodies is to be in our bodies. So that would be number two. Number three, a little bit of tough love would be to take full responsibility of where you're at in your life. So it's so easy to, he said this, she made me feel like this. I have an eating disorder because I was in an an abusive relationship. This was mine for a long time. Well, I eat chocolate and can't stop binge eating because I was (laughs) abused and food was my friend. And, you know, putting the blame on your external circumstances But if we take full responsibility for our lives, and again, that's not saying that we're to blame, but just taking responsibility because no one's going to save us. Like I love the post you put out the other day. It resonated with me so much, Callie. Like there is nobody. I was sat waiting around for a man on a white horse to come and rescue me. Yeah, (laughs) And I was like, it's going to come. It's going to happen. And although I do have like my king, like my prince on the white horse, like he didn't save me he actually showed me how to save myself and I'll Mm -hmm. forever be grateful for my relationship and I know not everyone has that but I saved myself so it's taking responsibility for where you are feeling grateful for what you have and then moving forward from a place of love so if something shit happens to you okay this is what's happened how has this happened for me and not to me give myself that love and compassion, allow myself time to feel whatever's going on. Now let's move forward together because it's my responsibility to change this situation or to change the way I viewed this situation because that's what you're in control of. Yeah. Number three. I love those so much, especially the first one. The first one's very important to me, like making that switch to speaking to yourself like someone you love Mm. and and not speaking to yourself like a bully. Mm -hmm. I love those thank you very much for those Um, and I can also vouch for all of those guys so if you aren't practicing any of those tips from Victoria I'd definitely encourage you to give them a try today yes Um, if you could also please tell us three habits that you know help you live a life which is aligned with your higher self Yeah, so number one is the most important thing to me always, and that's checking in with my intuition, aka my Google Maps for life, as I touched on earlier. So this can be difficult, but it absolutely is possible in every moment by using the coin analogy, as I shared, checking in with yourself. Does this feel right or not? 
this can be extremely difficult when someone that you love and honor and respect very much has a different opinion to what you feel is right or wrong but always choosing yourself so when I have a business question or a business decision to make I always ask my amazing fiance one because he's my fiance and I love and respect him number two he's actually a business coach and a, and a very successful coach himself I always ask for his opinion but it's not all the time I agree with that and even though I've gone to him for advice if it doesn't feel right for me I'm not going to take it so it's always checking in with what feels right for you that's a habit that I encourage every single one of the listeners listening now to practice what feels right for you what signs and feelings do you get in your body when something feels right or wrong and practice following that feeling with everything and you will not go wrong yeah number two become self-aware like it's your full-time job like if we don't know what we don't know and we can't change what we're not aware of so if you're stuck in a pattern um, and when I say pattern, I mean like a, a binge diet cycle or if you always find yourself in a relationship with a man that cheats on you or whatever it may be, if it's a pattern, you are the common denominator in that experience. It may be different people, different times, different countries, but it's you. And if it's following you around and it's, it's all you, as hard as that can be to admit. So become so self-aware and get curious, like, hmm, why is this happening? What's underneath that? And really get curious. Again, a therapist, a coach can absolutely help with this. What and lesson needs to be learned? Oh, always. And also, what can you learn about yourself? Because sometimes this is why coaching is so powerful. And this is why I became a coach. Like if, if someone's got a squid on their face, and they're walking around like, Oh, I can't see the squid <laughs> on my face. And I'm there holding a mirror up and saying, there's a squid right there, love. And then it's so <laughs> obvious for them to see that, right? Yeah. Well, it takes a coach, it takes someone who you care about who's wise enough to see it to ask you the right questions for you to understand for yourself oh so the reason why I keep attracting men who cheat on me is because I actually don't love and um, appreciate myself yeah I'm not speaking my truth I don't feel worthy within myself so of course our internal world is a reflection of our external world so we attract that into our lives without us even knowing that we're doing it yeah and number three would be to give yourself white space in your calendar every day. And I know that not everyone's a business owner listening to this, whether you work for corporate, whether you work for someone, whatever that is, create space and time for you every single day, even if it is literally 10 minutes. Those who are saying they haven't got 10 minutes, they need to take full responsibility and come and talk to me because I will show them how they can find 10 minutes for themselves because if we don't put ourselves first then we can't fill from you can't fill from an empty cup if I want to be the best version of me the best coach the best fiance the best sister the best daughter all these things I need to first fill myself up with love and care and give myself what I need in order to show up fully for others so it's actually people think it's selfish taking time for yourself is actually selfless if you are then going to give to others so that's also key absolutely we all deserve some time to ourselves some us time 
always and like and you it's said, so yeah yeah like you said it's like um you can't give everyone like your full self if you're not your full self because you're not giving yourself any time to do what you need to do to recharge exactly that so hashtag selfish is selfless I love that (laughs) and also like what you said about the um when you ask for an opinion um you don't always need to take it even if you do love and respect that person and basically it's it's almost like your coin um technique it's Mm. like you know like when the person gives the opinion it then lets you see how you really feel about what step to take absolutely and anyone listen to this not you know even though me and Callie have been through our own journey and this is what we teach. Everything what we say, if it doesn't resonate with you, that's fine. Take what resonates, leave what doesn't because everyone is on their own spiritual and their own soul path. And also when the student is ready, the teach will appear. Maybe that's for you now. Maybe you were just meant to take one thing away from this podcast. Maybe it was to take a hundred things away, you know? It's, it's always whatever feels right for you. One thing I will say on this, if you have resistance to something, mm-hmm. just take the time to explore it a little bit instead of dismissing it. For example, if you're listening to this and you feel resistance to learning how to love yourself at whatever size your body's going to be when you've you know stopped dieting and all these things what's the resistance there is it a little bit of fear of the unknown which is what we are always going to have always but that's worth exploring because that's growth that's getting outside your comfort zone or is it an absolutely no way no thank you that's not for me and again there's no right or wrong it's practicing tuning into what's right for you but I would say explore the resistance before you just put it aside that's the only thing I will say with that I love that yeah because sometimes most of the time to be fair that if something does trigger us and our initial reaction is oh I don't like that um, I'm gonna just kind of sweep that under the carpet that's usually where we actually need to do the most healing yes exactly that yeah and it's so true that um, you can love and respect someone, you could admire them, but it doesn't mean that everything they say is going to resonate with you. And yeah, exactly like what you said, just always take what does resonate and leave whatever doesn't, whatever feels right to you. Exactly, yeah. Um, could you please tell us three things that you think help you enjoy your life and have gratitude for it? Oh yes, absolutely. Number one, feeling thankful, being grateful. I know it's obvious, but... Instead of just writing a gratitude list, take the time to feel why. The feeling is key here because when we just write down like, oh, okay, what I'm grateful for, oh, my bad, like just almost like we're ticking the tick box of, okay, I'm good girl now because I've done my gratitude list. It's not about that. It's about feeling in your heart and in your body grateful for what you have. So Honestly, and my granddad passed two days ago. I I feel immense sadness for the loss of of him in the physical world, but I've I'm overwhelmed at the moment with a deep sense of gratitude for being alive. Yeah, and that's not me not allowing the sadness to be there for the loss of my granddad, and that's not me just trying to positive my way out of every situation. I honestly feel such an intense 
emotion of gratitude for the memories I have with him yeah. and also for being alive and what change I can make as I'm alive and life is a gift so be thankful for the little things when I go on a walk I don't I don't take my phone unless I'm listening to something but I'm not on my phone mm -hmm. I'm looking at the sky like I challenge each and every listener when you next go on a walk which hopefully will be today I want you to do two things three things actually number one look up to the tops of the trees look at the sky because that's something we don't normally do you will find things you've not seen before number two do the opposite look at the floor like if you take the time and this sounds a bit strange to look at the grass there's a whole world of life in the grass of like creepy crawlies little bugs and we just don't notice it and number three is to find something brand new that you've never seen before in your house because there will be something and we only can find this if we're being present. So this is the second one, the number two for the tips to how I enjoy my life mm -hmm. is to get really present, be in the moment when we're thinking things like, oh, I'm worrying about this or I'm reminiscing on the past. We all do it because we have our mind as a tool to use and it's very helpful. But just bring yourself back to the present moment because this is all we actually ever have. And this is where we find peace, especially if we practice accepting whatever is right now. Say la vie, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. Accepting whatever the moment is, that's peace and freedom. So being present, number two. And number three, Look for the positives in everything without putting a positivity plaster, without using false positivity. Allow yourself to feel what you're feeling, but then ask yourself, okay, what can I learn from this? Touching on what you said previously, Callie, about everything's a lesson. It actually is. The universe is our school and every single person that you have a relationship with, not just romantically, like me and Callie have a relationship. I have a relationship with the listeners here now. Every single person is something to learn from. Every single situation or experience you find yourself in throughout this school of life is a lesson, is an assignment. And the funny thing is, you don't have to accept the assignment. You can give it in late. You're not going to get detention. But what you will get is the same fucking lesson given to you over and over, Absolutely. And over again until you've completed the assignment. And if you can like take life with a pinch of salt and bring humor and lightness into it and just see it as that and have fun like life is here to be enjoyed like we're not supposed to be here to struggle feelings are there for a reason feelings of feedback if it doesn't feel good explore that but being positive and looking for positive things whatever you look for you will find end of I love that so much and I've fully received that reminder to not take life too seriously yeah. and to enjoy it. And I really, I really loved the three steps you said for the walk because it's such simple things that we like when we're talking about mindfulness and being in the present moment, right? It's always like such simple things like what you've asked the listeners to to do but they're so powerful because we all spend our lives 
rushing around we're waiting for the weekend we're thinking about the next thing we're going to do what are we doing tomorrow when are we going on holiday all these things and it's like before you know it life's passed you by yeah life's happening now right yeah like you said it's like now is all we ever have yeah that's why it's called the present because it's a gift yeah and there's an amazing book called the power of now that i'd absolutely recommend to all the listeners that really um magnified that for me in in some kind of like switch in my head I actually listened to an audio audiobook but um something like switched in my mind um obviously it doesn't mean I always remember it it's bringing yourself back to the lesson and reminding yourself but it's it's like you say Victoria we only ever have now like the past doesn't exist anymore the future doesn't exist yet and when it does it'll be now so we just need to slow down look around and enjoy everything happening right now and even if it's uncomfortable like when I got told my granddad died I felt that overwhelming depth of sadness I was fully in the pain of the emotional sadness and that in itself made me feel alive reminded me that I was alive because if we stop fighting our emotions and allow them to be felt that's beautiful even the uncomfortable emotion I'm not going to use negative or positive because I believe emotions aren't negative or positive they're uncomfortable or comfortable or whatever words you want to use uncomfortable emotions are also a gift and if this does take practice you know I'm if I heard myself saying this like four years ago, I would have been rolling my eyes a little bit, if I'm being honest. <laughs> it just takes time. But if you want to see everything as a gift, then you will and you can. And experiencing the uncomfortable emotions are what makes us appreciate when we're on a high and when things are going well. Because otherwise, if it was always amazing all the time, that would then become boring to us. Yes. Yes, yes. So it's just kind of trying to, like like you say, like being fully present in the uncomfortable emotions so that you can feel them and let them go and then they don't kind of fester and bubble up later. And it's just feeling them now, allowing yourself, knowing that you're human and that you're going to experience a multitude of emotions every day and feeling them and letting them go rather than identifying with the uncomfortable emotions um, and just letting them make you appreciate the highs even more exactly that wise words Kelly <laughs> thank you <laughs> um my last question for you my love is what is your vision for yourself in the future oh my ultimate vision for the whole world is for every single person to wake up tomorrow and love themselves then we would have a whole new world if you ask me amazing um, the, the vision for myself is to create that new world by being 100% unapologetically me inspiring others to also be themselves by continuing to help as many souls as possible around food freedom and body image because that's my my jam and also another big image I have is for body image to not even be a thing because yes. when we have a body image, it's still an, an objectification on looking at a body from an external way. Even ourselves, our own body image, we're looking at our bodies from an objective way. So my vision for myself and for the whole world is for your body to simply be just part of who you are and how you get to experience 
life yeah my vision I love that and that is something that I think everyone forgets like most of us um spend so many years criticizing our body and wishing it away and thinking I I wish it was different and we forget about the absolute magic that a body is like something that I think about sometimes is all of our organs and cells and the way everything's just perfectly working in unison for us to be alive and speaking and living and our legs can take us around and dance and walk and it's just we need to remember all of the amazing things that our bodies allow us to do oh bodies are walking talking miracles yeah literally and we forget that when a baby's born we're like oh it's a little miracle well, you're also still the same baby that was born. You've just grown into a human. You're still a miracle just because you're not a baby anymore. Yeah, we're all miracles and we need to remember that and not yes. be overcritical on ourselves about something that is part of who we are. And we're supposed to be different. Nature celebrates diversity. Imagine if every single tree was the same. Oh, it would be horrible. You know, so just as a reminder, I know that we're so conditioned by society we're supposed to look different. It's like that song that says, if everybody looked the same, we'd get tired of looking at each other. I Send me that song. I want to hear that song, but that's so true. It's so true. It's like, we kind of get like forced um, to like fit this mould kind of thing. Like, obviously we can step away from that and say, no, like I'm going to be me. And that is like what a lot of us are going through or have been through. Um, but society tries to squish us all into this one mould. And it's like, can you actually imagine just exactly what you're saying? Like, if every, like, person, every person looked the same, or there was, like, a man, like, one look for men, one look for women, whatever, it would be so boring. Um, and it's, the world's beautiful in its diversity, like, with animals and nature and people, we're all different and um, it's interesting and it's amazing to meet people who look different and have different personalities and it brings life rather than everyone just being the same it would be so tasteless and boring exactly that so everyone listen just remember that when you're having a, a bad body image day or feeling insecure just remember that god the universe whatever you believe you were made the way you were made for a reason. There's been no mistake in the way you've turned out. You're exactly where you're supposed to be always. So just life gets to be this easy, you know? We were taught differently. Life gets to be this easy and simple and loving. So just allow yourself to to feel that and to experience that. I just felt so much comfort there when you said that. <laughs> um, thank you so much for everything today, Victoria. You've been an absolute gift as always. And I really appreciate you coming on. Oh, you're, you are so welcome. And I really hope your listeners have got value. If anyone wants to follow me, please do say hi. My handles are on Facebook and Instagram, Victoria Kleinsman. And the E is before the I. But I'm sure Callie will link everything below. And I also have, you can come and join my free support group where I go live every single week and answer your questions around food freedom, body image, self-love. You get direct access to me in the group. And also you can have free access to the first few modules of my paid 
Food and Body Freedom Queen program, which I've poured my heart and soul into completing and creating over the course of a year. So I would love for you to go through that. I would love to hear from you. Tag me and Callie in your stories. It's been an honour, Callie. Thank you for having me. And yeah, guys, I honestly can't recommend Victoria enough. If anyone that's listening is struggling with self-image or um, anything to do with food or body confidence, please feel free to reach out to her. And like I'd said before, if anyone's struggling with any kind of situation at the moment and they just need um, someone to talk to, please feel free to reach out to me or Victoria and we'll be happy to help you and give you a shoulder to lean on. Um, thank you so much Victoria I love you so much you're welcome I love you too beautiful it's been an honor and I can't wait to share all of our knowledge with your listeners and I love you too it's been an absolute joy thank you so much and thank you everyone for listening yeah love you all love you thank you bye Kelly Bye. bye